if you do not create a sustainable plan, one that you actually feel you can commit to, you're going to get stressed out, you're going to feel overwhelmed, and you're going to start to let it slide. And that's where the problems definitely do begin. This is the Mad Lemmings Podcast, episode number 18. Welcome to another episode of the Mad Lemmings Online Marketing Podcast. I'm Ashley Fawkes, your host. And today we've got a very special guest on the show. Today we're going to be talking to Rebecca Redis. She's a social media strategist and digital marketing expert. And today she's going to be helping us get started with a social media strategy. Now, some of you may not have any idea what that is or how to get started with your social media strategy. You may just be tweeting or posting on Facebook with no real strategy in place, but she's going to tell us how to go about doing that, how to think about it, how to get started without making a big deal about it, and how to make it simple for yourself so that you're actually able to stick to your strategy and make a go of it. So let's get started. Here's Rebecca. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for joining me on the Mad Lemmings podcast today. It's great to talk to you again. Good morning, Ashley. It's great to be here. And certainly uh, we have a time difference. It's afternoon here and morning there, but <laughs> we've already been on this topic today and it's great connecting with people worldwide and uh, getting to know people. And let's start off with a little bit about yourself. Give us a couple of minute rundown on Rebecca Redis. Well, sure. I am a social media strategist, a consultant, trainer, uh, and a digital marketing specialist. And basically what that means is I come in and uh, I take a look at the overall online strategy of businesses and uh, look at the health and the growth uh, to figure out where we can really optimize and uh, rework uh, their strategy, their current overall plan, and then really put a plan in place to accelerate their efforts. Okay. So that's actually <laughs> interesting you should summarize yourself like that because that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about today. And uh, you do talk about a lot of different things online and a lot of Hangouts and uh, podcasts that I've listened to. But I thought one area which you really excel in and, and actually summarize really well in a lot of your posts and, and chats is how to do a basic strategy. I think it's something that people don't necessarily do or pay enough attention to. And it's something that if people haven't done already or they're just starting out, they could benefit from. And uh, yeah, so let's dive into that. How would you begin? What would be the first things you would do in, in getting a strategy prepared for people with a, a business? Well, and and I think you said it. It is, unfortunately, one of those areas that's often overlooked. You know, a big part of what I do is coming in and taking a look at traditional marketing. So what have they been doing? What have they already established offline? And then how can we take that and translate that uh, to the online world? And I think with that, where a lot of businesses struggle is really understanding how to take all of that content that they've got and plug it into uh, an online strategy and one that is fully integrated. So one that really uh, leverages everything, every tool that's online out there. So whether it's uh, Google+, whether it's Facebook, maybe it's Instagram, really 
understanding your audience would be the number one for me, where to start, um, because there are so many different places you can be, so many different places you can start. Uh, so my first suggestion always is uh, understand, get inside the head of your potential clients, understand why they're using social media, what are they doing online, who are they looking to connect with. Uh, my guess is it's probably uh, both on a personal as well as a professional level. Uh, and so from a business standpoint, really know what uh, what their goals are, what they're looking to achieve, and why they would ever connect with your business. Because if you can be just truly laser beam uh, focused, if you can really understand what motivates them, then it becomes much easier to create that, that targeted content, that content that they're out there looking and craving every single day. Um, and, and, and that eliminates yet another hurdle, uh, which is that content creation. So, you know, number one, like I said, is really understand your audience. So how would, how would you go about just some quick tips on that? Obviously it's, uh, it's probably weeks of your time to fully understand such a, such a topic, but how would you go about honing your channels? For example, like you said, you could choose any number of the big, uh, what is it, five or six channels? And I'm just mm. I'm just thinking of uh, Africa here and the big five, <laughs> the, <laughs> the lion, the elephant. But we have Facebook, Instagram, yeah, LinkedIn. And I know from my experience, of course, you've got B two B is great on LinkedIn, and then personal consumer products is great on Facebook, and the visual content is great on Instagram. And there's a lot of different choices out there. But if you're a business, what's a couple of things you could ask yourself that would help you? make a decision on a couple of channels to choose and a couple of content varieties to use to approach this first step of creating a strategy? Well, again, it's like you said, understanding your company. So are you B2B? Are you B2C? Uh, and then really starting to take a look at where are your potential co consumers spending their time. Um, obviously, uh, Facebook is is still the uh, the biggest boy on the block as far as social networks are concerned, and the majority of consumers are definitely spending their time there. Um, so it's it's going to be a lot of trial and error. I think is uh, uh, really is starting to post some content, uh, start that conversation, uh, see what kind of interaction you're getting, and then starting to do your reconnaissance work, getting out there and looking at your competitors, taking a look at what uh, what conversations are they having, what kind of content uh, is really uh, driving interaction, driving engagement um, on say their Facebook. Page or maybe it's over on Twitter. Um, I always recommend start in one place. So start where you're comfortable. Where are you spending your time right now? And where do you really feel like uh, you're finding people to interact and engage with? Uh, start there. Uh, work that strategy, like I said, as far as posting content, trying out different types of content. Uh, obviously, we're all different. We receive our information differently. Some people choose uh, to read. Some people really appreciate videos. Some people love podcasts. Uh, so repurposing your content and just sharing that in unique ways is also going to be important as you start to define where those people are spending their time and then playing around with how you share that content to really get a feel for not only what kind of content do they want, but how do they want to receive that content? That's, uh, you know, it, it, it's... Um, 
always a challenge, not only to understand uh, where to spend your time, but also what kind of content should you be spending your time on? Um, Because you may find that, and maybe in your case, Ashley, this has definitely become the case since you've got this podcast, is people are, they're very auditory, and maybe they, they would prefer to just simply listen to you talk as opposed to reading an article. Um, so it's figuring that out as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something I've noticed a difference on as well. And I think it certainly pays to to vary everything you do at least a little bit. Of course, not everybody's comfortable with doing a podcast or, or a video. But I think you certainly, as time goes on and you get comfortable with one medium, whether that's writing or talking or whatever, you should try to move on to other varieties. And how have you found that's helped with with your customers in in their social media campaigns? Well, I I think in several different ways. First of all, doing something like this where we're we're just having a conversation on a podcast allows people to get to know you on a very different level. All of a sudden they can hear you. Um, they can listen to your words as opposed to just reading your words, which we know how that goes. You know, reading, uh, whether it's an article or an email, there's always room for interpretation as well as misinterpretation, uh, where if you're listening to somebody, it's pretty straightforward. Um, so it, it definitely gives your audience the opportunity to get to know you on a very different level. And I, I think with that, there's that that opportunity to build trust. There's always the no like and you know trust factor where you want your uh, community to feel comfortable with you. You want them to feel as if you've just opened your arms and and kind of drawn them into the fold of your company. So being able to give them uh, just a little bit different insight into who you are, what makes you tick, what you do, why you do it, all of those things that are incredibly important to anybody looking to make an educated decision about your business. Uh, I think video is a great way, obviously, to engage uh, and maybe an otherwise unengaged audience and I do understand that not everybody feels comfortable. In fact, I, I would I would imagine that most people feel uncomfortable uh, getting in front of the camera initially, but there are a lot of great ways to use video within your business without actually having to get on camera. Um, so you can think about that too, uh, how to use video within your business to connect people uh, in a very different way, but not necessarily have to get on camera and, and, and feel that uncomfortable uh, tug whenever you're stepping into something that you haven't done before. And then, of course, you know, as we've already talked about, there's podcasting where people can hear you, but they don't have to see you. Um, so a lot of different ways to connect people to your business that are a little bit different, maybe methodology than you've done in the past, which might just be you know traditional writing on your blog or uh, posting to your social networks. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely something that I've listened to. I mean, the famous quote from Pat Flynn that everybody seems to use, which is the be everywhere. And I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> the best choice. I mean, it sounds great to say that, but I don't know if everybody has the time to be everywhere. I think that's <laughs> that's a very uh, yeah. it's a very good aspiration, but I'm not sure that we all have that time. But certainly, I think mixing it up and uh, 
And I was just looking through your post again this morning about this particular topic, and that's one of the things that you said in there was mixing it up. Now, whether that is with content types and audio, video, um, infographics or whatever, I think it always pays to mix up even within one style the different kinds of content that you're delivering. And I've noticed also that you've been doing that recently and that's piqued my attention because you do those kind of things really well and you're now putting a lot more visuals in more than you did before and also some slide share. And and what uh, got you going on on that particular topic? Slide, <laughs> slide share has become common in all of your posts I've seen. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, as I talk to companies on a daily basis about how to really make the most of all of the content that they've got. So how can we get the most mileage out of that content, get that back in front of a whole new audience? I had a bit of a duh moment for myself where we were using SlideShare and I wasn't even using it for myself. I speak uh, quite often, um, probably have hundreds of PowerPoint presentations I put together over the years, yet wasn't actually taking the time to upload them to SlideShare on my own. So just started to do that and uh, <laughs> follow my own advice of repurposing some of my content into slide shares. Uh, and they've been very well received. So it's a great point that you bring up, Ashley, that it can be as simple as, and one of them, um, I, there is a fabulous tool out there, if I can just share a little tool tip, um, called Haiku Deck, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. But mm just a very easy way to drop uh, any of your content into a slide deck. Um, they're basically pre-created templates. You can either use your own uh, images. You can use some from their gallery as well. Uh, and within 30 minutes, it's really that simple. You can put together a very beautiful presentation that you can download and then upload directly into SlideShare. So very simple way to take your content, repurpose it, repackage it. Uh, and like I said, just get it out there all over again, but in front of a whole new audience because SlideShare obviously is catering to a very different audience than, say, Facebook. Um, the people that are spending their time over there uh, are looking for something different, um, probably speakers or uh, looking to become a speaker and looking, doing some research maybe uh, on the speakers within their industry or niche. So it's a great way to get your, your content out there in front of, yes, consumers, um, but from a B2B point of view, boy, I, it, to me, it's just a no-brainer. Yeah, I did it a while back and actually didn't get as much traction as I'd hoped, but I think maybe I gave up on it too easily because what I saw with how you had done it, which was really good and actually something which... Um, I think one of the speakers was talking about in the content marketing conference, and I can bring that into the conversation here as well, which was that when you create something, especially something reasonably big, whether it's a big post or a small ebook, which is also relatively big thousands of words, you can either approach it from the finished product and then break it out, which is what I saw you doing. You break it out into a summarized slide share, which you can then turn into multiple tweets or multiple sub posts in social media. You can break that down into your blog post into multiple sections or into multiple blog posts. So you can actually attack your content strategy with social media in mind, as well as the multiple channels in mind, whether that's video, audio, slide share, images, Instagram, everything. So you can really attack this with 
the end in mind, which is getting most of your channels filled with content with just one particular thing mm-hmm. that you create. And I think that's really a an end that everyone should be trying to achieve. And it actually saves you so much time. You create one thing and you get 10 things out of it. It's actually an amazing thing. There you go. And that that is that that's the goal. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about uh, doing uh, being able to create a whole lot more content at a fraction of the time or the cost. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's just it's maximizing all that you've got available. And I think that's where you know, anybody from an entrepreneur to a startup to a large corporation tends to overthink. Uh, how to create content when in reality you just broke it down. You could take one post. Um, and for companies that have been in business for quite some time, look at your offline collateral. Think about all of that marketing you put together over the years. You've got newsletters, you've got emails, you've got drip marketing campaigns. You probably have just a wealth of information at your fingertips that could be repurposed into the content that that you're talking about, where instead of constantly reinventing the wheel, you're just going back through, you know, call through all of that content you've created in the past, uh, update it, just freshen it up, give it a new life and, uh, and, and turn it into a slide share, turn it into uh, uh, maybe 10 different posts for social media. It could be uh, a tips post. So maybe you did a, a list of the top 10 tips and you could take every single one of those and break it out into its own blog post. You could take every single one of those and then turn those, as you said, into 140 character tweets, into uh, a post for Facebook or Google+. Plus. So there's just there's unlimited uh, possibilities of what you can do with your content. Yeah, it's once you get the ideas, basically, you get the sort of the gist of how it all works and and the different channels that you're using. So if we bring it back to our original topic, which was which how you would do your social media strategy. So you start to get to know your audience, where they're hanging out, what kind of content they're consuming, how you're making that content and repurposing all of your content. What would be the next step you would say in trying to get your customers somehow as leads to to actually embrace your business or potentially buy something? How would you go about trying to do something like that? I think there's a, a, a few steps in there. Um, I, I think obviously one is being very tactical, so very strategic in where you're spending your time, but also how you're spending your time there. So when you're on Facebook, are you just popping in? Uh, are you just randomly hopping around from, you know, maybe one post to the next? Do you find yourself in that rabbit hole and within an hour all of a sudden realize you've wasted an hour of your time yeah. uh, and you haven't gotten anything accomplished? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really going in knowing how, how are you going to find those people and then how are you going to interact with them? So one one thing that I touched on is find your, com- your competition. Uh, start spending some time on your competition social media and really start to get a feel for uh, what they're talking about, how those conversations are going, what are they doing well and what are they not doing well? Um, Where can you uh, really capitalize 
on that conversation? And then how can you pull that conversation over to your website, your blog, and your social networks? So how can you leverage all that's going on within your industry? A lot of times it's uh, hot topics, so it's really keeping your finger on the pulse of what's going on within within your industry. Um, and, and the biggest piece is, as I mentioned, being strategic in how you're spending your time. So uh, let's take Facebook, for example, because, you know, again, this is where people are spending quite a bit of time still. Um, start to identify those places, as you said, Ashley, where your potential clients are spending their time. Uh, and then start commenting. Start interacting on those pages. Um, there, there, any industry that you're in, you have people that are doing something very similar to what you're doing. I never look at them necessarily as competitors. I look at them uh, as opportunities for us to build a mutually beneficial relationship. In my opinion, there's always enough business to go around. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you can start to begin those, uh, build those connections, um, you know, it would be, let's just use you and I as an example. Let's say we were both offering the same product or service. Uh, and I could come to you and, and, and start to comment on your blog, start to interact with you on social media, start to really get to know you because I'm willing to bet you have a skill set that's very unique to you, uh, probably a little bit different from mine, and there's a way we can tap into that. There's a way that we can start to build that reciprocity where I'm sharing your content, where we're able to start uh, maybe referring each other business. And if I were to start to get to know you, interact with you, say, on your Facebook page, um, allow your um, those people interacting, fans of your page, uh, to be able to uh, get to know me just through my comments, through my interaction with you, uh, you start to build a reputation. You start to allow people to get to know who you are. So there's definitely ways to be strategic, not only in your time that you're spending identifying where your your consumers are, are hanging out, but also getting to know that supposed competition. Um, I see just enormous value in building those relationships within your own industry. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that's uh, what we're doing here today. I mean, we've uh, been, I've been on your show, you're on my show, we get to know each other, we help each other, and it all goes around. And I keep seeing that coming up again and again. I was just reading something about networking from someone the other day, and they said, you know, the biggest thing that's ever helped them in their business is their connections. And when you're not running your own business, when you're working for someone all those years before you start your business, normally you don't realize that and your connections are just your friends. But once you start running your own business, you realize suddenly having influential friends or connections is actually handy to have. (laughs) And uh, I mean, you don't just rely on other people. Of course, you want to help people yourself. And uh, yeah, it goes back and forth in, in different mm. ways. And it's that's one of the parts I think people forget. You're looking for customers, but you're also looking for connections. And yeah, it's not just about meeting someone and then straight away asking for something. People have done that to me recently on LinkedIn and it leaves a nasty taste in your mouth. Mm. It's kind of like, hi there, connect with me. Can you please help me do something? Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah. it's really, it's too fast. And it, that's something you need yeah. to remember. Someone said that this morning in a 
podcast or something I was listening to, make those connections a year or two before you need them, not when you need them, because when you need them, you shouldn't be asking. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the wrong way around. But uh, it, well, it, it really is. You know, I actually wrote a post a while ago about that exact issue. It was about your customers. Are you wooing your customers? Um, but it could, it, 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 the same is true for, you know, business relationships where you do, you want to be wooed on, on a first date. Um, yeah. and, and I think too often people are going, you know, trying to round second base on the first date. And it does. It really leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And instead of accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish, which I think for some people it's just awkward. They have a tough time uh, explaining who they are and what they do and just kind of reaching out. And what it ends up being is this go for the jugular, let me tell you who I am, let me tell you what I'm all about, and ask for the sale. Well, they never earned the right to even ask for the sales. So I think that's a, a great point that as you're out there, as you are building out this strategy, as you're thinking through how you can tactically start to connect with those those people that maybe are influential within your industry um, and, and also with those consumers, understand that you really do have to earn the right to ask for their business. You've got to take the time to get to know people. And Ashley, I'll go back to you and I, I, I think our relationship is a great example where, you know, we, we met as bloggers, we got to know each other, mutual re respect over our content. And then that slowly started to move into social networking and we connected on Google plus and we connected on Twitter and we've, we've just connected all over the web. And I can see that what you're doing is consistent everywhere. And that, that really starts to build that rapport when uh, we're connecting, we're engaging we're sharing each other's content, um, and we're truly taking an interest in that other person as opposed to me just having come to you and saying, hey, Ashley, I saw that you're a blogger. Hey, want to start sharing all my stuff? <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. It would, it, come on. Has that ever worked? <laughs> Luckily, I don't get too much of that, but uh, yeah. occasionally I get some emails and I'm just like, I mean, I feel really bad for the people. I had one this morning and someone asked me to, I mean, it was actually reasonably well done, the email for a change, which is quite rare, but still I'm kind of like, okay, just, it's your first email to me. Maybe you should get to know me first, but anyway, right. it's, uh, <laughs> so we're Take a little time. Getting getting back to our, our original topic again, and uh, so we're we're out there, we're engaging with people. I mean, we're getting involved in conversations, and this is something I've been trying to do on LinkedIn because it's good for B two B. Is just just chit chatting, offering information, and I think again, this comes back to this presentation I saw from Jay Bear about being useful. And this is something that he signed into my book when I was at the conference. He just says, "Be useful," and I thought that's really really handy to to keep in your mind, even if you're meeting people as we're talking about sort of peers or whether you're talking about meeting your customers, if all you're ever doing to create business is finding the places where people are and helping them, I think that's one of the best ways you can you can interact with your potential connections or customers. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and be useful. 
My goodness, you know, just think about that. If if you simply went into your day and getting ready to post to Google Plus, to Facebook, to Twitter, wherever it might be, and thought about how could I solve somebody's problem today? How could I make their life better, easier? Um, what could I offer to them? What do I know? Because of course, you know, no matter what you do on a daily basis, you have a whole lot of information that somebody is dying to gain access to. So, you know, think about it in those terms. What can I do to be a value to somebody else? And I always think about it from that kind of servant point of view, because as uh, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, um, no matter what line of work you're in, uh, if you're running your own company, uh, you are a servant to those people. And if you come at it from that perspective, there is so much value in that, um, as opposed to that that feeling of all you're ever doing is take, take, take. You're asking, uh, you're asking for that that sale. You're asking for that business. You're asking for help. Which certainly, there's nothing wrong with that. We're all in business to make money. That's no secret. Um, but again, I'm going to go back to, you've got to really earn that right. And the only way I know that you can do that is to be valuable to people. And that, that means creating consistency in all that you're sharing. And that's where it goes back to having a plan in place, understanding what kind of content you're going to share on a daily basis that's going to be helpful, that's really going to be useful to people that they're going to want to take and either read over and over again, they're going to want to share it, they're going to want to pass it along. Um, So, you know, it all really does play hand in hand together in understanding what their needs are and then consistently sharing that just over and over and over again. That's That's a great point and it's really... It's all about uh, sharing stuff which which helps people. And they remember you for that. And that's something that Jay was saying in his presentation. Who are you going to remember? The guy who had the big billboard on the highway or the guy who helped you solve a problem when he didn't even ask you for anything in return? And, of course, you know, it comes back to that having an app which helps you find a location or whatever. Oh, that's from a company that I've never bought anything off. That's amazing. And, you know, you remember that. That really hits home. And this day and age, it's the way we have to do business. So if you're sharing content on a daily basis, and I was just reading through your points on your post again, you're saying here that the rule of 70-30, and I think this is something that most people tend to follow, and I've seen some people really get wrong with the 100-0 rule, which is the exact opposite. It's just almost almost like shouting again, which is, of course, sharing yours and other people's stuff. Yeah, well, exactly. So the 70-30 rule, which is not a hard and fast rule by any means. This is going to be a little bit different for everybody, but it just basically means that you're sharing 70% of other people's content, 30% of your own. Again, it's finding that happy medium for yourself, but I always I always liken this to a social networking event because sharing content is definitely all about networking. And think about it this way. If you were to walk into a networking event and just a storm into the room, bunch of people in the room all talking, and you just started shouting about yourself, telling them all of your accolades, your skills, what you've done in the past, who you are, and oh, by the way, here's what I do. Here's how you can send me a client. What would those people do? They probably turn around, walk away. Mm-hmm. Nobody's interested 
in somebody that that just stands on a mountain and shouts with bullhorn. Um, so you know, it's very similar within uh, within social media. You want to create conversations, and a great way to do that is to share your content, but also share other people's content. There are plenty of people, and this goes back to what I was saying about identifying who those people are within your industry that are really doing a great job sharing content. So network with those people, network with them to get to know them, and then start sharing their great content as well. And a lot of businesses I work with will say, oh my gosh, why in the world would I share somebody (laughs) else's content? Oh my goodness, why wouldn't you? There's, There's just so many different reasons to do that. One, It's creating that relationship. Two, it sets you apart because now you look like you are creating just a wealth of information. You're sharing all of this information on a daily basis and you become that go-to resource where, you know, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, wherever it is you're sharing, people are saying, well, I don't even need to go anywhere else to get all the information I'm looking for because Ashley just shares it. He's out there curating. He's out there creating. He's doing it all for me. So it's really positioning you uh, as the thought leader, as that go-to professional. So there's just tons of different reasons to want to share other people's content. And again, back to the 70-30 rule, not a hard and fast rule. I think you really have to start to get out there, start to share other people's content. Know, um, again, how much you can commit to and how much you're creating of your own content. Uh, I post once a week. I know that's my commitment uh, to my blog. So you have to figure out how much can you commit to and then how much do you want to share on a daily basis and then start to kind of weave other people's content into that. Yeah. And I think that's a problem that many people have in thinking they need to keep up with the Joneses, if if that's a good mm. enough expression for that. But you it don't is. have to, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Because once the people connect with you, they'll get used to what you're doing and they'll expect that. So I think the key is and we've almost I think mentioned this already, but the key is consistency as opposed to volume. Mm. And if you're I mean, once a day is probably not enough. There's certain amount of times per day, especially on something like Twitter, maybe on Facebook, it's only a couple of times a day and on Instagram, maybe the same and Pinterest again, you know, four or five times a day, whatever. But certainly if you're doing it once a month, people are going to forget you. So you need to find out what kind of the minimum standards are for each channel, but certainly doing exactly the same as the big boys are doing or whatever is not, even as your competition's doing, maybe they're annoying the people who are following them because they're spitting out too much content. Could be. Yeah, well, and I think that's a great point. I, you know, I talked about taking a look at your competition, and by no means does that mean uh, mirror or mimic what they're doing. I, I love what you said. You know, we should all strive to uh, do our own thing, be unique, get out there, and set the tone uh, for your business, your brand uh, across your social networks on your uh, on your blog. To me, sustainable gets done, and if you do not create a sustainable plan 
one that you actually feel you can commit to, you're going to get stressed out, you're going to feel overwhelmed, and you're going to start to let it slide. And that's where the problems definitely do begin to crop up because then all of a sudden consumers are landing on your Google Plus page and you haven't posted in a month. Well, to me, that looks far worse than not having a Google Plus page altogether. So, you know, put put a plan in place that, that feels comfortable to you, that you really feel like you can commit to. And it, it may be that you work up to it. Uh, you start to share a little bit of content on a daily basis. And then you start to test the waters and see, can I share a little bit more? Can I post a second time per day on my Google Plus page? Whatever that might look like, just start to test it out. See how it's received uh, from your community and and then move on. Then maybe bite off a little bit more. Uh, To me, it's always baby steps. Don't dive into the deep end of the pool and think that right out of the gate, you're going to have this enormous social media business plan or strategy that you're going to be able to keep up with, especially if it's just you and you don't have a team. So if I could give one big piece of advice, it's, uh, it's really focus on um, maybe a couple of things. Focus on what you can commit to on your own blog. If you're, if you're a, a writer and you've got content on your blog, think about uh, is it once a week? Is it twice a week? What can you actually do? And then how much time do you actually have to commit to curating content, meaning going out there, finding other people's content to share? Think about those two pieces. How many hours within a day or your week do you have to do those two tasks? And then chunk it down into what does that mean? How many articles can you actually write? And how many articles can you actually curate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's almost the perfect place to end. I was actually looking at our time and we've almost reached 50 minutes already. I can't believe it. And uh, yeah, it's actually, I think, uh, almost a perfect place to end. I'm not sure. Is there anything else you think we should uh, touch on? No, I I think you're right. I think that really does bring it full circle. I think, you know, the misconception that a strategy has to be lengthy, it has to be 20 pages, it has to be all-encompassing, can feel very daunting uh, to a lot of people. And so I would say start small. Um, Start small and really know your limitations. Know what you can take on um, because understanding that, really knowing that uh, from the get-go is going to allow you to Put a sustainable plan in place. Yeah, I think that's perfect because we've probably uh, completely daunted, or I'm not even sure if that's a word, but anyway, that's the problem of living in a German-speaking country. But anyway, it's <laughs> daunted. Yes, I think that's a word. But anyway, um, it's daunting for people to hear all of this stuff, multiple channels, multiple content types, video, podcast, Twitter. And you've just said, basically, don't do that. Don't bite it all off at once. These are all opportunities and options. They're not musts and you don't have to do 90% of them. You just need to do what you can, where you can, where you're comfortable, where your customers are, piece by piece, slowly implement, build it up. And that's exactly what I did when I started. And now I'm comfortable on multiple channels and I still can't cover them all fully. And I just, mm. I just have to live with that. It's something I can't do. And yeah, that's basically the way it is. And as you say, it doesn't have to, you don't have to copy everybody else. Do what you can, but do something and try to engage with people. And I think that's almost perfectly covered it all. So these people should be creating a little bit of content wherever they're comfortable and and the channels that they can do that on. Awesome. I'm uh, ready to go, <laughs> even, though I've, even though I've already got mine in place. But I feel like I should have had that uh, when I started out. That's uh, 
yeah, it's as you say, it doesn't have to be complex, and uh, that's what no. I think people people need to realize. So it sounds really difficult when you say it's social media strategy. Oh my god, I need to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, and and you you said it so well. Uh, do what you can with with what you have. Yeah. Uh, don't overthink it. Don't stress yourself out over it. Uh, just figure out what you what you can commit to and what you can commit to daily. And certainly if people uh, go and follow you, they'll get lots of great tips and let's go there. What's the easiest way to connect with you? Well, they can find me on my blog, which is RebeccaRadice.com, uh, or connect with me pretty much anywhere, uh, social media-wise, uh, on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Google Plus is probably where I'm spending the majority of my time. Uh, that would be plus Rebecca Radice or at Rebecca Radice over on Twitter. Okay, and I'll put all of those links in the show notes and that'll be madlemmings.com slash episode 18. That's the number 18 and all of the links there and I'll put links to a few of your posts on this topic too so people can get a feel for what you're blogging about and get some more information. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you again for having your first coffee with me. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. And uh, we'll certainly catch up again soon, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, have a great day and hopefully uh, a great rest of the week as well you too all right thanks rebecca so what a fantastic episode with rebecca radish she certainly knows what she's talking about if you catch her on any of her social media profiles you certainly see that she has a great following awesome content and a really great strategy in place for herself and she's out there helping a lot of customers as part of her daily work so she knows what she's talking about So go ahead and implement some of the ideas she's talking about. It's not so difficult. You don't have to make a 20-page document about it. As she says, you just need to have a simple plan in place, what platforms you're going to get on, the kinds of content you're going to share, your own as well as other people's, interacting with people, slowly expanding, making time each day to do that and increase your presence on those different platforms and your authority, and also bringing in customers through these different methods and techniques. So I certainly hope you got a lot out of this episode. Rebecca certainly had a lot to share and she's an expert in the field. So we should send her a thank you tweet if you can. There's a thank you tweet button below in the blog post. Otherwise, leave a comment on the blog post or a review on Stitcher or iTunes. Certainly appreciated. And we'll see you in two weeks and the next episode. Thanks for listening.